Hi, and welcome to the Words of Encouragement podcast, a podcast of love, hope, inspiration, and encouragement using the Word of God for people from all walks of life. And of course, I'm your host, Arlena. Welcome, everyone, and thank you once again for joining me on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. I hope and pray that each and every one of you are in the best of health, best of strength, and most importantly, in the best of spirits, especially with everything that we have got going on out there each and every single day. One can definitely not say that we are surely and rapidly entering into the end of age. Mm. It's just so much going on out there, my goodness. Yeah. And as always, before beginning, I'd like to start by giving all honor, all glory, all praises to Father God Almighty, His Son, Jesus Christ, and of course, the Holy Spirit, because without them, I am nothing. But through Christ Jesus, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, including this podcast, as well as this podcast episode, and as well as this series. And also real quickly, I'd like to take some time out to say thank you to each and every one of you who have tuned in by either hitting play or download. So thank you and God bless. Today is Thursday, February 8th. 2024. Where I am at, the temperature now is currently 42 degrees, and the time now is currently 8:10 p.m. And I am currently sipping on a enhanced or a cup with some enhanced nutrient beverage water to help keep some of those mouth clicks down. And I still have a little bit of herbal tea left from earlier. So yeah, and of course, as soon as this episode is finished, I am going to fix me a nice, huge mug of chapurado. And for those of you who might not know what chapurado is, chapurado is spiced Mexican chocolate with corn masa. And let me tell you, it is divine. And I'm going to have that with a nice, Good old serving dollop of whipped cream. Okay, so that's what I'm going to wind down with tonight and try to read some book. But yeah. So I hope and pray that you were able to catch my last episode, which was the third installment of the Sins of the Father, Children of King David, Curse of the Sword, which was... um the conclusion of none other than Mr. Absalom, part two of Mr. Absalom. So the name and title of today's episode is 
from my other series. And the name and title is The Blood of the Martyrs Dying for the Faith, Part 3. And in this episode, what will be featured today is the second persecution of the church. Now, in the last episode of this particular series, which was part two, I featured the first of the 10 primitive persecutions of all times of the church. So there we have the first persecution. And in the first persecution, some of the people that were featured as being martyred during that time was none other than both the apostles Paul and the apostle Peter. Yeah, two of my favorites. So they were featured in that particular episode, which was the last episode. I'll also go ahead and link that episode in the description box as well, for those of you that would like to check that out. So yeah, so sit back, relax, grab yourself your favorite hot or ice cold beverage, and join me back here in a few minutes as we get started. So I'll see you in a few. Are you looking to spice up your quiet time Bible time with the Lord? Well, guess what? I might just have the right thing to help you. There is nothing better than being able to spend quality and intimate time with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and in His Word. For many of us, this may look different from day to day. Check out my 20-piece digital quiet time Bible study bundle. It comes with six topical scripture writing plans to encourage and uplift you as well as to help you get into the Word of God. So if you're ready to dig deeper or simply ready to give your Bible study a boost, check out my 20-piece Quiet Time Bible Study Bundle and other digital Bible study resources at Jahira Print Shop. The link will be featured in the description box. And as always, I'd like to take the time out to say thank you to each and every one of you. I do hope and pray that you will be blessed. are listening to the Words of Encouragement podcast with yours truly, Arlena. Stay tuned. Okay, so welcome back. And if you're just now joining me, once again, the name and title of today's episode is The Blood of the Martyrs, which is the Blood of the Martyrs series, Dying for the Faith, Part 3. The second persecution of the church. And once again, this is episode number 143. The second persecution of the 10 primitive persecutions of the church 
occurred in AD 81. Now, according to John Fox, author of the Book of Martyrs, Emperor Domitian was someone who was naturally inclined to cruelty. The first person that he killed, of course, was none other than his brother, followed by him raising the second persecution against Christians. Now, Domitian, in his rage, put some of his Roman senators to death while also confiscating their properties. And what he did was he sent others to go out and take the properties of some of these senators. And he even went as far to request, or rather to command, that all of King David's lineage be put to death. Hmm, kind of remind me of something. You know, I, I've been looking for that verse. I know I saw it somewhere in Proverbs, but I can't remember which one. And it could be between the King James to the New King James, where when they're coming against you is because what's really happening is God is who is setting them up for their downfall. In other words, they're about to fall real hard. Not just hard, but straight out. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, this is exactly what the mission was setting himself up for. Clearly. Imagine he putting out a command to wipe out the lineage of King David. Hmm. Imagine this is the very same lineage that Jesus Christ came from. And he wants to wipe them out. Or he wanted to wipe them out. So you know he was treading on some shaky ground. And quite frankly... Hmm. I think Pharaoh probably met an easier downfall than what he did. I didn't do the research to find out how he ended, but I'm sure it wasn't well. So anyway. Now, some of the people who were affected during the second persecution of the church was Simeon. And for those of you who might not know who Simeon was, Simeon was the bishop of Jerusalem. He was also crucified. And also someone that was affected by this second persecution of the church was none other than the beloved of Jesus, the beloved apostle, none other than John the apostle, who during this time under the reign of Domitian, he was boiled in hot oil. I mean, you got people walking around attaching apostle to their name, even the late, even the women doing it. Attaching apostle to their name, whereas you have apostles being 
beheaded like like Paul who gave his his neck for the sword for the gospel you had Peter another apostle appointed by God Jesus Christ that was crucified upside down and now here we have the apostle John who was boiled in hot oil and then of course later on the apostle John was banished to the Isle of Patmos whereas we know that is where he got the revelation from God which out of it came the book of Revelation yep so there we go and then of course we had Flavia the daughter of a Roman senator who was also banished but she was banished to Pontus now under Domitian a law was made and the law was that no Christian once brought before the tribunal should be exempted from punishment without renouncing their religion. So basically, he put a law in place that once a Christian was brought before, I guess, the magistrates or whatever they were at those times, that they were to denounce their faith. And if they did not denounce their faith, they were not to go free or without punishment. And oftentimes, in those times, punishment meant cruel death. Hmm. Now, many people during this time who were non-believers would fabricate tales, you know, lies. Same thing goes on today. In order to have Christians injured, as in killed. During those times, everything that happened on the face of the earth, practically, was blamed on Christians. If there was a famine or a pestilence or any type of natural disaster, the Christians were blamed for it. I didn't know we were God, but hey, either way they were blamed for it. Yeah, they were. And just as the persecutions of Christians increased, so also did the number of informers. For the sake of gain, they swore away the lives of the innocent. And believe me, it still happens today. There are many who does it in various ways. Excuse me, in various ways. Another evil that was laid upon believers or Christians was that when any Christian or Christians were brought before the magistrates, there was something called a test oath that was proposed. And if they refused to take this particular oath, death was automatically pronounced against them. Numerous Christians or believers were martyred during this time because they refused to take any oath, anything that would separate them from the love of God. They refused. They stood up even if it meant their lives. 
they were not going to bend their knee to take no oath whatsoever. But today we have many who have taken and still taken. Freemason, Eastern Star, sorority, fraternities, and others that are namely out there. But these particular Christians, they refused. Instead, they preferred death. Now, numerous Christians during this time were martyred because they refused to take any type of oath whatsoever. They refused to do anything that would go against the living God or their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dionysus, the Areopagite, who was Athenian by birth and who was also educated in Greek literature, also traveled to Egypt to study astronomy. Now, Dionysus made extremely particular observations about the great and supernatural eclipse, which also happened to be the time of the crucifixion of none other than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And because of the sanctity of his speech and the purity of his manners, he was recommended extremely strongly to the Christians in general during those times. And because of this, and all of his character, he was appointed the Bishop of Athens. Nicodemus, a benevolent Christian who also suffered in Rome during Domitian's rage and persecution against Christians. We also have Gervasius and Protasius, who were also martyred in Milan. And of course, we have none other than Timothy, the celebrated disciple of none other than the Apostle Paul and also the author of the book of 1 and 2 Timothy, who was also later appointed as the Bishop of Ephesus, where he zealously governed the church until A.D. 97. Now, one day, the pagans who were in the process of celebrating the Catagogian feast, while in the procession, they met up with none other than Timothy, who severely, according to Fox, severely reproved them for their idolatry. And in response to his rebuke, this is what they do. These very same people, the pagans, whom he had rebuked severely for what they were doing, these very same people ganged up on Timothy and beat him mercilessly with their clubs, according to Fox, where he later died two days later due to the injuries that he sustained from that dreadful and terrible beating. 
So as we see, Timothy died standing up for the faith. He told the pagans the truth. He did. He really did. And although it might have ended up costing him his life, just like John the Baptist, who, of course, he ended up losing not just his life, but also his head, as well as his tongue. Mm-hmm. In the same manner, Timothy lost his life for speaking up and speaking truth. And there are many Christians around the world each day who have lost their lives and still losing their lives because they've made a stance to stand up at no matter the cost for the gospel of Jesus Christ, for God's kingdom. And even though Timothy lost his life, he did not lose his testimony because we have it. And neither did he lose his soul or his heavenly rewards as a faithful servant of the living God and of the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Either way, like John the Baptist and many other of God's faithful servants and followers of Jesus Christ, Timothy lost his life for the gospel and for Christ. So here's another one who laid it down on the line for Jesus Christ. So yes, so we have now come to the end of the second persecution of the church of Jesus Christ. So now as we move on to the second segment of this series, I would like to feature at least one or maybe two stories, depending on the length of them, that are out there. And of course, the secular media would never and will never cover. So the first one up comes from the, I believe it's the Christian Post. So let's get in here. Okay, so today's story comes from the Hungry, from Hungry Today. And actually it was data that is today. And the title is Christians are exposed to persecution in Nigeria warns MEP. Halveni MEP of Hungary's co-ruling Christian Democrats, KDNP, assessed the attacks against Nigerian Christians as persecution of Christians in the European Parliament in a debate on Wednesday. A plenary debate on the attacks on Nigerian Christians over Christmas was held in the European Parliament in Strasbourg on Wednesday. The raids and brutal killings and attacks on churches on Pentecost and Christmas Eve cannot be interpreted in any other way. This is a persecution of Christians, the politician said in the debate. In his speech, the MEP argued that the 
ideological blindness of some European decision makers makes them completely insensitive to human suffering when it comes to Christians. Now, isn't that true? It's like they'll stand and and, and, and fight for every other um, religion but the people of God. Hmm. So let's continue. The consequence of this is that in the absence of protection from the West, Christians become even more vulnerable as those who persecute them see Europe turning a blind eye to cruelty. Now, according to the human rights organization, Open Doors, last year alone, more than 4,000 of the 5,000 victims of jihadists in Nigeria were Christians. That's a large number. Huge. The Christmas attacks are a sign that the central government is unable to stop the violence. President Tinubu pledged in December that the army would ensure Nigeria's security. We expect words to be followed by action, he said. And then he added, we Europeans cannot turn the blind eye to violence against Christians. We cannot ignore the persecution against Christians. This is a human right issue. It is time for action to replace silence, said Gregory Holvani as he concluded his speech. Now, according to sources, last year during Christmas in Nigeria, 20 Christian settlements were attacked and around 200 Christians were massacred. As Hungary Today reported at the time, Tristan Asbej, Hungary's state secretary responsible for programs to help persecuted Christians, stated that the events were poorly reported in the Western press and were portrayed as attacks by herdsmen on farming villages. He also added, the footage shows that the attacks were deliberately timed to coincide with Christmas church services and were motivated by jihadist Islamism. So you see, these Christians in Nigeria were attacked. And of course, the powers to be were trying to hide things. And instead of putting the blame where it was supposed to go, on the jihadists, they reported it as, or portrayed it as if it was a tax done by herdsmen on farming villages. So in other words, they blamed like the other people from the other farming villages, like one farming village burning down the other. It's, it's really sad. And... Persecution of the Christian church is truly increasing. And even though we might not quite see this going on here in America, even though it kind of reminds me of a time in America, um, Christians are being persecuted in various ways. Trust me. In your families, 
on jobs, you know, with their gaslighting you, coming against you, trying to push you out and, 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 and you know, kind of blackball you and different things that, you know, there's so many ways, but it's being done here subtly. But either way, many Christians are being affected. And I mean, what we see going on here still cannot compare to the stuff that we see go on in these different types of countries, especially where it's a non-Christian um, area, where at least we're the what's, we're not the predominant ones. In other words, let's put it that way. And many people are losing their lives daily because of their faith in Jesus Christ. But of course, the secular media will never report this. The New York Post won't. What else we got? Uh, what what are the, the Washington Post, or Chicago Post, whatever post they got out there. However, you'll find it in the Christian Post and other Christian, you know, um, news medias. But as far as the secular, you will not see it. You won't see this on CNN. Hey, you won't even see this on TBN. So let's just be real. But we all know what that is. But anyway, um, terrible broadcasting network. Yeah. You know, we won't see this on NBC, ABC, Fox News, and whatever other news that there is out there. Now, you might see it on CBN. But for you to really see this is either someone has to share it via Facebook or something. Or you just got to go towards these Christian news sources in order to find or see some of these things because they will never report it. But let a pastor be caught in a scandal. You're going to see something. Anything to make the church look bad. They will carry that. Knowing full well that that particular pastor ain't no man of God. But just because they want to try to embarrass the church, they will show you that. Oh, that'd be trending all over Facebook, all over Instagram, all over Twitter, which is currently now known as X, and all over YouTube. But what they need to show you, they ain't going to show you. Like, what about that cult leader in Kenya with all those dead bodies? And I'm going to do another follow-up episode on that as well as soon as I can get a chance. But yeah, so this is our story for today. Now, there's also another story that I saw. I don't want long. Let's see. In this particular episode, it and it's about a 14-year-old Christian teen. And I think maybe I should. So yeah, today's, this particular story is taken from the Christian Post also. And it's a 14-year-old Christian teen who was killed by Muslim gunmen in Pakistan. And this is also part of today's story as well. Lahore, Pakistan. Muslim 
Muslim gunmen shouting threats against Christians shot a 14-year-old Christian dead on Monday in Pakistan, sources said. Sunni Masjid in the Mandiala Wariak area of uh, on Monday evening when six Muslim men armed with pistols and they opened fire on them. And this is what his uncle says. We were talking to each other when gunmen and two identified men came there on motorcycles, Gil said. Adil shouted and no Christian in the area should be left alive. After one of these assailants shouted that, he opened fire on Sunil, who was the 14-year-old, hitting him in the chest. And then the other one shot another boy who was identified only as Jamshed with the bullet only grazing him. So at least thank God this one, this other young man or young Christian boy survived. But the 14-year-old, excuse me, he did not make it. So today he is with the Lord. And it says here, the other assailants also opened fire on us with their weapons, but we managed to save ourselves by taking cover over a wall. Gill stated in the first information report, which was registered with the police, he said that the gunmen fled the scene while hurling threats at the Christians and so far have not been arrested. He goes on to say, we rushed Sunil to a local hospital but he succumbed to his bullet wound before doctors could begin their treatment, Gil said. He also added that his nephew was an eighth grade student whose father, George Massey, worked or works at a local car shop. The Reverend Newman Mado said that the Reverend Newman Mado of one of the Pribestrian churches in Pakistan said the murder was religiously motivated. And of course, in May of 2023, some Muslim youths disrupted a marriage ceremony of Christians and also attacked a church. Mado told Christian Daily International Morningstar News. However, police and the district administration did not take any action against the influential who were in, who were accused despite several protests by the Christian community. It, it is said here that between 400 to 450 Christians have lived in the area peaceably for decades. But of, as of recently, the environment has turned hostile towards religious minorities, he said. And he also that if the police had taken stern action against the accused involved in the attack on the church last year, our young child would not have died at the hands of these criminals, said Mado. For attacks, he, ur he urged senior police and district administration officials to ensure the protection of the area's Christians. Sunni's murderers are at large, and the audacity of their attack shows them not hesitate to strike again, he said. The police will be responsible for any more loss of life of Christians if they do not take 
adequate security measures. The killing of Sunni was the second deadly attack in Punjab province in three months, in the last three months. On November 9th, a 20-year-old Christian medical technician student was shot to death by a Muslim in his house in Talawandi. The slain Christian's father said the killer showed hatred for Christians and Jews, mistakenly referring to the family as Jews as he ranted at them. Zubar held the family hostage at gunpoint for nearly 40 minutes, refusing to let them go near their fatally injured son. Mr. Zubar goes on to say, My son was struggling for his life, bleeding profusely from the bullets, but his murderer did not allow us to even give him some water, let alone comfort him. He repeatedly called us Jews as he cursed and wept. We all watched helplessly, pleading with him to leave, but he wouldn't go. Faran, who was the youngest of four children, and of course, eventually, Zubar, who was the gunman and the 20-year-old who was shot, was arrested later from his house where he was peacefully sleeping. It says here, peacefully, mm -hmm. after killing someone. Pakistan ranked is ranked seven on Open Doors 2024 World Watch List of the most difficult places to be a Christian as it was the previous years. So that's the end of that particular article. And as we see how people around the world are being persecuted for their faith and many losing their lives, because here is this 14-year-old child that was not just shot, but fatally shot. And then we have another young man that was shot, but at least that young boy survived. And then, of course, in November of 2023, we had a 20-year-old that was shot because of his faith, because the crazy gunman thought he was a Jew. And his family just stood there because they couldn't even do anything because the gunman kept waving the gun in their faces. And they couldn't even help their dying son who was bleeding to death right there on the floor. And, of course, only later on to have the gunman leave, go home, for the police to find him at home sleeping peaceably. But guess what? If he doesn't repent, he won't get no more peaceably sleep. So that's my report as far as reporting on persecutions of Christians that has happened within this year of 2024. So yeah. So, yes, so we have come basically to the end of this episode. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for choosing us to be a part of your peculiar family. Thank you, Father, for allowing us the gift of salvation to be chosen through your precious Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Thank you for not choosing men's select, but rather for choosing your elect. In Jesus' name, amen. So now we have arrived at the quote of the episode. And this episode's quote is, Do not be afraid of suffering and defeat. It is through being struck down, but not destroyed, and through being broken to pieces, and those pieces being torn to shreds, that we become people of strength. And of course, that was taken from Streams, in the desert. And also real quickly before signing off, just to let you know that I am currently in the process of finishing up the last and final episode of the series entitled Sins of the Father, Curse of the Sword, Children of King David. I just finished the research earlier today, so I just have to type it up because, yeah, we got about nine or ten double-sided pages of info. Boy, David's children is giving me a run for my money. But yeah. Also, I will be releasing a bonus episode to follow this one. And it will be released probably between mm, maybe tomorrow, depending on what the day looks like, and Sunday or Maybe early Monday. Who knows? But somewhere bet- between that time frame, God's willing. It just depends on how soon I can get it recorded, edited, and of course then uploaded. So on that note, I thank you for hanging in this far with me. And once again, I'd like to say thank you to each and every one of you for joining me on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. I pray that this episode or this podcast, as well as this series, has been a blessing to you. And indeed, if this podcast, this episode, or this series has been a blessing to you, please feel free to share it with others. Remember that the gospel is free. It does cost us, but it's still free to you. You can also check out the Words of Encouragement podcast on iTunes.com, Spreaker.com, Podomatic.com. And it can also be found on, well, actually, Google Podcasts is going away. But yeah, CastBox, Player FM, Podacy, Podtail, Deezer, and everywhere that podcasts can be heard. You can also feel free to like, share, and subscribe on either one of the above-mentioned platforms that was just mentioned. Also, please feel free to check out my other podcast, which is entitled The Nuggets of Thankfulness Podcast, which is also featured on Spreaker.com and everywhere that podcasts can be heard. Remember that as long as there is still life, there's still hope. And as long as there is life, if you have not yet received Christ, what are you waiting for? Now is the time. Do not wait until it is too late. Be blessed, and I will see you, God's willing, in the next episode. Be blessed.